Welcome to Parenting That Kid. My name is Ashley Tolliver. As a mom of twins, one being a highly sensitive child who responds to the world in a non-traditional and sometimes challenging way, I understand the desire to find the golden answer. Maybe there is no golden answer, but there are resources, tips, and tricks we can all use to help us make this uniquely normal parenting journey a little more fun. This podcast is a roadmap to parenting that kid for myself and other parents. If recording my journey as I seek a clear starting point, community, and effort to normalize what sometimes feels abnormal supports at least one parent, then my time is not wasted. And hey, if it doesn't, well, there's documented proof that moms deserve a glass of wine. Cheers! On today's episode of Parenting That Kid, I hope to be answering a call for help. I'm a part of a lot of ADHD mom groups, parent groups, support groups, you name it. I think I found every ADHD group possible online to learn and gather as much information as I can. And every spring and every fall, inevitably the same question pops up or the same concern. My child cannot focus on the sport we've enrolled them for. A parent will share exactly what's happening out on the field, in the pool, or in the gym. And inevitably another parent chimes in and says, we have the complete opposite going on with my ADHD child. They are extremely focused. And in fact, so focused that they will not focus on anything else in life. Now, I just so happen to be a mama of twins who both have these issues. One is extremely focused, top elite athlete athlete who has nothing else that he finds pleasure in life. Lucky for me, being a mama to twins, both who have ADHD type symptoms, I have the pleasure of experiencing both of these circumstances. On one hand, I have your ADHD child who cannot focus on many, many things. One of those things being athletics. We have signed her up for every sport under the moon. The first day goes great. Third day, we're done. No more does she want to go. And then on the other, I have a son who is a hyper-focused athlete, an elite athlete. The dedication he has for his age is unmeasurable to anybody else I've ever met. But here's the tricky thing. Where does your child fall and how do you support that one? Do you keep pushing or do you remove from the one who is too intense into something. I wanted to find this answer because that's what pops up every year when it's time to register for another sport. Every parent's asking that question. Do I, do I not? How do I keep my kids involved? Or how do I decrease the involvement so that my child can experience other things? So that's what I did. I searched for an elite athlete with ADHD and I found an amazing one. I actually brought on today's guest, Dr. Sara Happenin, to share about her experience as an elite athlete and her diagnosis, not until she was an adult, and how that either hindered or maybe supported her her athletic career. Dr. Sara is a happier, healthier human coach and the Move at Work Challenge program creator. Sara is passionate about helping humans perform at their best, both physically and psychologically. As a former elite athlete, she knows what the world-class coaching looks like and has spent the last two decades studying the human performance and motivation. Sara has been coaching humans for 22 years. She is passionate about helping her clients find the most efficient and sustainable path to live a happier, healthier life. Through her corporate wellness program, Move at Work Challenge, she fights the sitting pandemic and helps employees improve their mood and productivity at work. She combines her educational background in kinesiology and health promotion with sports and exercise psychology to transform her humans' lives, utilizing approaches that are fun, engaging, and exciting. This was a great conversation with Sarah. I really feel like I have a better understanding for both of my children being an athlete and maybe the one that's not an athlete and how I can support them as a parent 
and what their bodies need so that when they are an adult, they have the tools to continue on the care that their little brains will need at that point. All right, so today Dr. Sara is here to speak with me and about an, being an elite athlete with ADHD. And I'm gonna say, before I ask you to share a little bit about who you are, I wanna tell you why I was really intrigued with your story when we spoke last, <clears throat> because I think you have something to speak to uh, parents about that maybe we just don't know. Um, and we have a special, it's a special type of person to be an elite athlete. And then also on that, to have this trait about them that I, I say is a hidden superpower that people just don't really know about. Um, but I have read many articles about elite athletes and I, Terry Bradshaw, Simon Biles, Michael Phelps who have ADHD. And I have a lot of people who listen to my show who have children that can't focus and are constantly moving with right? the typical, what you think of ADHD, hyper or all this. And then you have these elite athletes and the only way you can be an elite athlete is if you can focus in on that. There's no way you can bounce all over the place. You focus in on that. And so it just always seems like it's this two-sided that maybe we don't know much about, or we don't talk about that there really is this other form of ADHD and these athletes are proof of that. Um, so that's why your story just really intrigued me because you've walked the same path. So thank you so much for joining me today. And if you don't mind sharing a little bit about yourself, so my guests know who are listening to you today. Mm, so happy to be here. Um, my name is Dr. Saro. Sara Happenin. Um, I am generally a health and fitness expert. I help people um, with their mind and their muscles or their brains and their bodies. So my background is in uh, kinesiology, which is the study of human movement and psychology. And my master's and PhD are in sports and exercise psychology. So a lot of what I do study and what I have been studying is the science of motivation and how to get people to perform at their best in human performance. But also a lot of my research has been looking at um, team dynamics and basically how the coach or it doesn't necessarily have to be a coach. It could be how any human um, motivates other human beings. Um, and then I also have a program called Move at Work Challenge because my myself having ADHD um, in 2017, I started to fight the sitting pandemic and wanted to get more people moving and feeling better at work. So I also do a little bit of that. And I've been coaching humans for 22 years, starting in um, high-level athletics. I used to coach international level divers, um, all levels of divers, and kind of transitioned in the early 2010s to actually just train regular humans. So all of us other people, but yeah, I did work with athletes for, and still sometimes once in a while, and I do work with athletes, but um, my big passion is just helping humans live happier, healthier lives. One baby step at a time. <laughs> so good. So good. But you yourself are an elite athlete or, well, I'm going to ask you this. Do you consider yourself an elite athlete forever or were you an elite athlete? And now you're just us regular humans, as you just said. 
I'm a regular human. Um, but doing what I do, I definitely work out more than regular people. So my athletic journey was that um, I'll start, I'll start a, a real long time ago. Uh, I started delivering newspapers when I was 10 so that I could save money and buy a trampoline. And I discovered that diving, they had a trampoline there at the pool and it was much cheaper than trampolining lessons. Um, we had grown up with a pool so I could always swim and I was a gymnast before that. So when I was 10, I enrolled myself in diving and kind of the rest is history. I fell in love really quick. There's a, I grew up in Canada. So there's a four level learn to dive program. And then I went through that pretty quick and joined the diving club and never looked back and then decided that was going to be my ticket out of my small town. Uh, and I knew I wanted to leave very early. So I just fell in love mm -hmm. and I was not diagnosed with ADHD until a few years ago when I was 36, but knowing all that now it made, so my whole like life made sense once I realized that that was something. So to all the parents out there, um, a huge thing with ADHD, like there is that hyper ADHD, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be hyper, like moving your body around. That's, that's often right. sometimes the case, right. but it is like a hyper focus. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, I, I, I would love if everyone could put their children in a sport, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a sport for anybody with ADHD or without ADHD, like finding some type of movement that you love, that brings you joy that you don't feel like you have to do because we only have one body for the rest of our lives, right? We, I always say at the end of my videos, you have to take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Uh, I want every human being on this planet to find something that they love doing that is movement-based, whether that's dancing, singing around, dancing, hiking, skipping, like biking, running, playing a sport, uh, walking in nature, just going for walks, slacklining. I don't know there's a million things. Um, I think it's important for children and adults, like this is going to increase your lifespan. This is going to help fight disease. This is going to mentally help you more than you would ever know. They've science has proven that like moving your body can do the same thing that antidepressants can do. Um, the hardest thing is to start and to find something you like and to know that there are millions of things out there. And if you don't like it, try something else and try something else. And if you have an ADHD child, there's, you're going to have to try a lot of things, but I promise that there is something out there that your kid is going to like, and you'd maybe just haven't found it yet. And it might be like going to a water park or exploring in the woods. Like it doesn't, it would be awesome if it were sport because sport teaches you so many life transferable skills that for me, um, growing up with athletes and being an elite athletes and seeing how athletes have to manage themselves at different levels. But even in like college, when you go to college and you have to have an athletic career and a real life school, like a regular person, you know, if, if you were to give me the choice to hire someone who was ever an athlete in college, 
over someone else, a hundred percent. Like those people know how to manage their life just better because you have to take those skills that you learn in your sport and they don't just stop in your sport. Like they transfer over to so many other aspects of life, how to like speak to a team, how to work with others. Even if you're an individual sport, like as a diver, I was an individual, but I still had teammates. I still had to learn how to get along with people and manage my time. And I was super passionate about the actual process, hmm. which I think as an ADHD or like we are missing the same sort of dopamine loop that regular people have. So actually finding out a lot of my diving friends also had ADHD, (laughs) but you wonder why, like you're literally, I didn't dive platform that much, but you're putting yourself at the end of a ledge, (laughs) jumping off, flipping. And then you're like, oh, and I got to land upside down. And of course you're going to get like a little dopamine hit. Like we all have to be a little crazy to do that. Yeah. So I was like ADHD and diving or gymnastics or anything like a little bit scary like that, I think might be if your kid like doesn't like a lot, like isn't into soccer, like the easy things, like maybe they need a little bit of that adrenaline because I feel like if I didn't have my sport, I, oof, I would have been a different person. You know, <laughs> I could have, that energy could have got went somewhere else and not been as positive and, you know, got me a full athletic scholarship. Um, I got to another thing that was amazing. So once I, um, once I finished with my sport, I went to the university of Wyoming. Um, I was really blessed. I had dual citizenship. So I moved to Finland to represent the Finnish diving team to train for the 2008 Olympics um, and do my master's. So I did my master's at the university of Uvescula, which is also where I did my PhD. They're one of the top 10, uh, universities for sports science in the world, which is amazing. And my program was in English, which is amazing because I can't speak Finnish, but it's, it's, I prefer to do this in English. Um, Yeah. And yeah, I spent that whole year We were living in Finland. Um, I think the second semester I was home for 12 days. I was traveling all over the world. Um, That year they were supposed to take 34 women in my event. I was ranked 30th at Worlds. And then I found out 12 days before the opening ceremonies that they were taking 29. Mm -hmm. So I was the very first person not to go. I retired immediately oh. at the ripe age of, I think it was like 28-ish, um, but I was done. I was so ready to be done, but it was also a life goal of mine. And I really wanted that being at that point, still a student in sports and exercise psychology. I really wanted that for like my resume. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to say I was an Olympian so I could help people, but um, I don't really love that saying everything happens for a reason, but I would have, you never know. I am where I am now. And that's probably all part of the journey, yeah. but yeah. So that's, well, that's exactly it. You are where you are now and it's part of the journey. And I think parents don't see that that's the journey of, of this. So I have very opposite ADHD type children. Well, one is diagnosed one. We just aren't having diagnosed, but boy, he, might as well be. <laughs> so we can walk up, spend two minutes and be like, oh yeah, but very di- different signs of what ADHD looks like. And so it is unique to watch this and to raise that. 
one cannot focus on anything when it comes to things. We have tried everything. Like I said, try it all. We have tried it all. And she says she likes it two days later. I'm done. Like, okay. Where I have the opposite. I do have an elite athlete and he is hooked and he is self-motivated and beyond most children his age. In fact, I've yet to meet another nine-year-old who's getting up before school to play for an hour by himself, research and nutrition, and then insists that I provide that type of thing for him. It's just a very different type of ADHD. And then, but like you said, you have to keep trying. Whereas if I tried any more with him, he would, it would be too much for him. That would be his overstimulation. If I said, yep. let's do this and this and this, where if I don't do that for her, she's not getting what she needs. And she's still searching for that dopamine input. And I love that you mentioned that dopamine because I don't think people really understand that, that they just don't process it the same way others might. And the dopamine doesn't run in the body the same way. And so movement, whatever form that might be for each child or each human, not just child, um, is so important. And you might just have to try and try and try again. You were diagnosed as an adult. Do you look back and think that, that was either a blessing or a curse as an athlete when you were younger and didn't know that you had ADHD? Or do you feel like it's neither here nor there? I really like to analyze myself. So I'm, I think it's a blessing that I didn't know because okay. I would have been like, oh, I have ADHD and I have to be like, I'm this way or I'm that way, or it's an excuse. And I use it as an excuse now. Oh. Like, I'm the messy human in my relationship. And I'm like, well, that's my ADD. Like I can't. <laughs> and Brent's like, you can make a change. Like yeah. you can decide to do this better. And I'm like, yeah, I can, but that's not a priority. And I was like, well, I'm messy because I have ADD. Um, so I feel like I would have used that to my advantage when I was a kiddo. I think not knowing was probably good because I like kept myself entertained mm -hmm. currently I have a lot of things going on in my life mm -hmm. um I have a sunglass company I have like three different components of my fitness company I do my own gardening like my home renovation but I've discovered that I work really well when I can focus on something and then mm -hmm. when my brain's like whoop nope we're done I need something else to focus on mm -hmm. and I think a huge lesson for most of my athletic career, I was also a student. Mm. So in my mind, when I retired from diving, everything else was going to excel because I was going to have all this extra time. My academics were going to be awesome. I could have time to, I don't know if I wanted a side job or sort of side hustle, but what happened is my athletics ended and I was like, I'm still me. My brain is still like, I still want to like fill that. People are like, you always do too much. And I was like, I need to do a lot of things. Otherwise I'm like, I get, I also have like depression and anxiety. And if I'm not working out and if I'm not doing a lot, I'm going to go into a downward spiral of me not being in a happy place. Yeah. And I've known from experience and I've tried antidepressants and like mm -hmm. lifestyle modifications for me. And it's actually interesting that they actually just came up with some studies that have shown that it's not necessarily the antidepressants that are fixing the chemical imbalance or that there might not necessarily be this specific chemical imbalance that antidepressants have been created to solve, right. which is interesting that the science is just coming out now. Like, <laughs> don't you think they'd figure that out before they started prescribing? But that's just like, that's how my science brain works. I would 
kind of want like to know what it's doing. But anyways, like antidepressants didn't work for me. I created a, one of my programs, Happier, Healthier Human, because I yeah. needed that for myself. And I was like, and my ADD brain is like, okay, I got to do this. 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 And then I'm like successful for that day. But if I don't do this, this, and this, and all I'm going to do is like have coffee, not eat breakfast and not work out. Like that is going to be a bad day for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like, I coach people through this as well, but figuring out like, what works best for you or your child or what do they need? Like maybe for your son, he's just in his own as genus. And you just need to like, be like, here's the soccer things. Here's the computer here. You can like do your own research, but like, he is so already intrinsically motivated to want to be better at like, he's got his like hyper-focus, which is awesome. Whereas like with your daughter, it's going to be more challenging because <laughs> Her probably, she probably is like inattentive or, yeah. but the thing is, is like, that's there. That's always there in the background until there's going to be that one thing mm -hmm. that she's really going to hook on to. Mm -hmm. And it might not necessarily like as much as we want it to be something that has to do with movement. Mm -hmm. It might not be movement. It might be something like sewing or crafting or like, I don't know, a hand skill, like knitting or whatever. But the thing is, we know how important exercise is and it's going to take you 20 minutes. So sometimes it's one of those things and it's easier to explain this to humans. Like, I mean, to adult humans, like we go to work, we don't love going to work every day. Like some days work is awesome, which is amazing. But like some days you just have to go to work, even though you don't want to go to work, like you're going to get a paycheck. There's all these reasons. And we have to kind of think like that with exercise. Mm -hmm. Like we have to move our body for 20 minutes so that we're going to get the dopamine flowing naturally. And then we can go on with the rest of our day. And if it feels good, we can do more than 20 minutes. And sometimes it might be like a run around the park. Sometimes it might be going for a walk, but we have to prioritize for mm -hmm. our mental state to move our body for 20 minutes. And so here's the question then, how long does that 20 minutes last within the body is this you should probably do 20 minutes two times a day you should do 20 minutes three times one time is all you need or is it dependent on each human being and they have to figure out their magic yes yeah okay i would say like at least 20 minutes and then see mm -hmm. so one of the i went after i got diagnosed um one of the reasons I got diagnosed is I couldn't write my PhD. I would like sit to focus and I like could not focus. Um, and they did a bunch of brain scans and they actually thought I had a brain tumor and they had two more brain scans. And then they're like, Oh no, you're just a unicorn. You have, I had traumatic brain injury in all lobes of my brain. Uh, ADHD, hundred percent ADHD. They're like, we literally gave you a focus task and your brain shut off. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's anything boring. And they're like, Oh yeah. The focus task gave you is boring. I was like, that's literally what I feel when I would go read my own PhD, my brain would go Wah, and then just oh. turn off. And so, so can I interrupt you real quickly, were you diving at that time? So you had the outlet of the athlete athletic, um, no, I was, I was retired. This was so just me in regular life. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh gosh. But I still have to work out. Like I have to work out every day. So after the whole process, I started working with a brain trainer. 
And we were like trying to come up with strategies. Like you're really high functioning. We're trying to come up with strategies. And a huge part is like, and years ago in 2017, I created a move at work challenge program, which is five to seven minutes of movement. You can do it at your place at work. You don't need any equipment. And I was like, I created that because when I first moved to Denver, I had to work at a law firm. I was at a law office sitting at a desk and I'm not a person who can sit at a desk. So I'd be like, I like need to move my body. So for me, if I get a good, like longer workout, Mm -hmm. I can go most of the day and then I need to like take a walk. Mm -hmm. Um, But everyone needs to find out at least 20 minutes of movement. Usually Mm -hmm. at the start of your day, it's great. Um, But it depends on the person and you might just need five minutes. Um, science has actually proven that if you, within a 60 minute work hour, if you work for 50 minutes and take 10 minutes of break, um, of movement, of physically getting up, not having a 90 degree bend in your hips, um, you're going to be more productive for taking a 10 minute break for every hour. Uh, that would be ideal depending on your work situation, you know, sometimes you can't do it, but if you say most, hours of the day or at the top of every hour, I'm going to go walk around my house or go around the block or something. But human beings are not meant to be seated all day. It's the fourth biggest preventable cause of death. And Hmm. we have our bodies and they're meant to move. Might as well use them or lose them. (laughs) Right. And if we don't, it's going to start moving in its chair anyway. We, we just start naturally fidgeting more. And I mean, they see this in children all the time, right? That they do, they squirm and they get up and they, they don't even know they're doing it. They're just doing it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So you just mentioned a brain trainer. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. A brain coach. Can you, what does that mean? And does that, I've never heard a brain trainer before a brain coach. So can you give me a little bit of insight on how that worked with your brain? Um, so I believe she was, uh, helped people with language. So she works with a lot of people who had strokes Mm -hmm. and neurological disorders. And I think I challenged her a little because she's like, uh, you have TBI. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, but you're writing your PhD and you function Mm -hmm. like a normal person. And I was like, yeah, but I have ADD. And she's (laughs) like, oh, well, I don't. And then she sat me down and had me do a test. And after that was done and she's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see your ADD now. It's just different. (laughs) Um, So she gave me a lot of different techniques. One of them was the Pomodoro Pomodoro method. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically like you work for 20 minutes, you take a 10 minute break. You work for 20 minutes, you take a 10 minute break. Um, A lot of it was executive functioning stuff which I know I should do. (laughs) I hate doing it. Um, Basically like she'll give me a piece of paper before I sit down on a task. So you fill it out yourself. It's like, what do I need to get done? Uh So you write it down. Um, What are the tasks and priorities? What's the order? What are the, if I'm going to need anything. So for me, for sometimes it's like, I need this software. I'm, if I'm going to be like scheduling out newsletters for the week for my people. So just like writing out all the steps because the way that my brain works, I imagine ADHD brains are the same is like, we're always searching for what's the funnest. Like I'm bored with that. So I don't want to do that. So 
when you write it down in order and you see there's priority and you know what your goal is, like I need to get X, Y, let's say like newsletters done for the month. I need to get them done, but I don't want to tag people. I don't want to do this. But if you see the order and you know that all these things need to get done so I can get my big goal of writing the newsletter, just sometimes like visually seeing that, or for me, like I get a lot of satisfaction by like either checking something off or crossing it off. Mm-hmm. So that really helps me. Even when I like, I really like making lists. I don't necessarily like my to-do list. Yeah. I write it down. And then the next day, what I don't get down, like yeah. just gets moved over to the next page, which is the most efficient. But with my ADD brain, I also give myself time during the day, like maybe 30 minutes max, where I can just like go puddle. Like if I'm in one room, I'll be like, oh, I'm picking this up. I'm cleaning this. And then I walk to the next room and my brain wants to do something else. So I actually let my brain do a little bit of that scatter stuff of like, because I hate control people. Like, I don't like when people tell me what to do. I don't like being controlled. I could never have like a boss because I have to do things my own way. Um, So I think if I give myself a little bit of freedom during 30 minutes, sometimes if I'm feeling crazy, 45 to just kind of putter stuff. And then at the end of that, if I did productive things towards my business or even cleaning my house, because I want to feel good, I'll write it down. I'll be like, put laundry away. And then I'll cross it off. Even (laughs) though I like just did it, it wasn't on my to-do list, but it was something else that I did that was productive towards my life. Because sometimes I feel like if I don't see it or if I visually like don't cross it off, it somehow like doesn't count. Mm. And Mm. maybe there's a bit of that competitiveness from an athlete that's still like, I don't think ever is going to go away. So I think a good tip is if you can gamify your life or your children's life, depending what like motivates them, ADHD people are often motivated by like novelty, fun, joy, um timelines are huge so a lot of people with ADHD will procrastinate mm-hmm. and that's just because you are getting no no motivation to do it until you're like oh my gosh it's due tomorrow and then you get like an adrenaline rush and then they'll nice. sit and like just do it because there's no pressure there's no like oomph yeah yeah yeah, there's yeah. pressure so but as an athlete you have to do multiple things that I I mean, I'm an athlete myself, not elite by any means, but I'm an athlete and I, there are things I'm going, I don't really want to do that. Like cross training sounds miserable to me. Awful. Cause that's not what I enjoy doing. I can run all day, but I really don't like cross training. And yet elite athletes do more than just the physical work of the sport that they love. How yeah. then, how do you work through that? Or how did you work through that? If you, if your brain's like, nah, that's not super fun. I'm not really getting a kick from that. Yeah. You just got to suck it up and do it anyway. You were able to still pull yourself through that. Was it because the outcome was, I am going to dive better. I, this is going to take me to the next step. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge discipline. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, and I'm an expert in motivation, but motivation yeah. does not last. No. Like at the beginning, January 1st, everyone has great <laughs> motivations, right? Yeah. But it doesn't last. What with life change or health and behavior change or like goals as an athlete, nothing's going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. A big thing is like being consistent. 
And I know for me, a huge, I love learning. And like, if I am interested, I will learn all day long. And even if this situation is not so fun, like cross training, but if I know why I'm doing that and how that's going to benefit the bigger goal, whether if I was younger and that would be like to get the scholarship or to go to the Olympics or know that like also pulling in. So ego is a really good kind of motivator. um just because of that competitiveness like I wouldn't necessarily do it for myself well I would in a way but to be like okay the girls that I'm the women that I'm competing against like what are they doing in their time off Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this right now but like the people that I want to be like Mm -hmm. they're running I don't want to run, but like I need to run so my cardiovascular fitness is, or I jump on the trampoline because that was funner for me. Like there would always be, how can I do the same thing? And being an expert in the human body. And I always tell my people this, I was like, if something f- doesn't feel good, there's like a million ways to work that muscle hmm. or like, like what's a fun way. Or if this like hurts your knee, let's do the same, let's work the same muscle in a different way. And I think maybe that was part of my ADHD, why I'm a good trainer or to be like, okay, this isn't fun. How can we do the same kind of get the same results in a funner way, in a different way to make it like more entertaining? Do we need to like gamify this? Do I need to like make a date with my roommate? Like she was a teammate of mine. So I could be like, well, I'm not going to cross train by myself, but let's meet tomorrow at like 6am. And I'm not, I would bail on myself, but I'm not going to bail on her like commitment with other people or be like, what are my teammates? What are my competitors doing right now? Like I need to be better than them. So Hmm. that was motivating in the time when it was not motivating for me and I don't want to do it. And there are certain things like, I love my businesses, but like, I hate invoicing, I hate doing any admin stuff, but I can't just not do it. Right. You know, like there are certain things you have to be like, okay, well, this is part of life. There's, um, I've heard it and I don't know who said it, so I don't want credit for it, but like it's 50, 50, mm-hmm. like life sucks sometimes mm-hmm. like 50% of the time, but 50% of the time, it's actually really good. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't get the good, mm-hmm. we're not gonna, if we didn't get the bad, we're not going to appreciate the good. Like if it was good all the time, I mean, that'd be great, but like, <laughs> that's not life. We don't, we don't learn, we don't grow, we don't like, it would be, it would be great if it were nice, but you have to think like, we want, ideally we want more good days than bad days, yeah. right? But we don't get to pick and like every day can't be perfect. I mean, I've had a migraine on day seven now. I just wish it would go away. <laughs> but, you okay, know. Another thing you brought up, you said, you know, you don't like being told what to do, which I think actually when you have an ADHD brain, you've got your, you've already made your mind up. You already know where, when, how, all of that. So then somebody comes in and says, oh, we're going to change that up or this needs to be done. And now there's so many things that go on inside you like, ah, right. The brakes and so much. It's absolutely not going to happen. No, I've already figured it out. And yet as an athlete, and I say this, just watching as a parent with an athlete, the coach says you need to do, or we're doing this, or you have to show up at this time that can be really challenging if in your mind, you already have figured out what you're going to be doing today or whatever it might be. How, how do you work through 
fighting the internal side of you going, I don't want to, I would rather do this. I've already figured it out. You can't tell me how to do it because I already know versus, well, like actually this person really does know what they're saying. And I really do need to follow the coach. I think it really depends on the relationship that the coach has with you. Do you trust that person? Because so I coach human beings with life change. Um, And I would be a hypocrite if like, I didn't have a coach, you know? So I have like a marketing person. I have a marketing coach. I have a LinkedIn coach. Um, I chose them Uh, with my athletics. I guess I did like I chose to go to the University of Wyoming because of the coach okay. and then he left okay. but like you get to pick and knowing that as an athlete besides I think now skateboarding has even changed but skateboarding was like one of the only sports that like didn't really have a coach but I believe now I think they all have coaches but you know it's just part of the culture that to be good, to be better, you can only get so far on your own and then you have a coach, but you need to have someone that you trust, Mm -hmm. someone that you're going to believe when they tell you whatever the correction is or why you have to do and know that they have your best interests in mind Mm -hmm. versus just a random person, right? you know, who might even still have your best interests in mind. Like this past year, my husband and I tried to work together and it didn't last very long because my business is my business. And his, it was just weird. It's like a different, he was in a different role trying to tell me different things. And I appreciated what he was telling me, but I'm still like, you've never run your own business. You've only Mm -hmm. worked for other corporate companies. Like I really value opinion, your opinion, but I'm still going to do it my way. Mm -hmm. And that just, we don't work together anymore, but there was a reason. And it was like, versus I just spent a ridiculous amount of money and hired my marketing coach, but because she's done exactly this multiple times and has helped a thousand people now. And she knows what the process is Mm -hmm. where even though some of the things my husband told me exactly the same thing and I could not listen to him. And I was like, this is, you know, it has to be you have to value that person, kind of put them up on a pedestal and know that they know what they're talking about and have like full trust in them, mm-hmm. um, which is challenging because that is a different and it's totally a different role than a parent. Absolutely. I mean, I, I it's interesting to watch. I love watching children interact with their coaches um, and it's fun to see as a parent how much they put them on a pedestal, <laughs> which is a beautiful thing because I think when you have found something you're super connected to, to have somebody who can lead you in that, um, yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And that can be hard for children with ADHD because a lot of the other areas of their life is really, really messy. It's just whether it's school or relationships with friends or their, their bedrooms, whatever it is, like just be able to organize their life. A lot of it's really messy. So the authority figures in those areas of life can feel really awful to them. It's just not comfortable because that area is not comfortable, but then you get into their zone of their sport or their passion, whatever that might be. And the person leading that you do feel comfortable with. And it's fun to watch that relationship grow. My son has a picture of his coach from like three years ago. Yeah. I had him in three years ago. 
still in his room. And every time we rearrange his room, that picture still comes out. And like, it always goes. It's the one picture that he insists. Well, actually, and yeah, that is it. That's the one picture he insists every time we rearrange his room somewhere so he can see it. And that coach probably has no idea that he made a huge difference in my, my son's life. But it's because this was an area where they, it was all positive, even though it was like hard mm -hmm. or he felt like that was the worst practice ever. It was all positive where he goes to school and ah, mess or whatever. So um, yeah, that's really cool to hear that from you saying that even coaches have coaches and that everybody has to have that for whatever their focus might be. Yeah. I mean, we're not put on this plan planet to be alone. You know, like our community helps us. And I think you're really lucky that you have a good coach for your yeah. son because a good, a coach can like make or break a human being. Yeah. And I think too, for children with ADHD, they already feel like they're just slipping. I think there's so hard, it's so hard to try to find how to work in your own body and your own mind. And they just feel like they're hanging on to things and they, they might not have that adult support, but with mm -hmm. coaching, it's, oh, um, it's fun to watch that that bond and that interaction and and it's it's always amazing to me that they can put up with a child with ADHD because I I live with them all the time and I'm like I'm, I'm <laughs> and I can't do it anymore and then they just they do they spend that hour or two hours however long we're there just totally handling it and holding it and I just really appreciate that as a parent of an elite athlete all right. Yeah. So if you had three resources that you would encourage either parents who have children who are athletes with ADHD or need to focus or need to be healthier in their bodies or parents themselves, right? We, everybody grows up. So parents themselves who are needing to be healthier in their body and their mind, um, who may or may not be an athlete. I think if you're an athlete, that's great, but may or may not be at that point in their lives. Do you have resources that you encourage people to look up or download or listen to? I would say I think an amazing thing would to do like a weekly outing hmm. okay. something that's moving your body whether it's like hiking or paddle boarding or bike riding or something depending on the age of your kids but even it doesn't really matter the age of your kids like kids are going to learn more from your actions than what you tell them and if you're doing it as like a fun family activity like moving your body is a good way to instill it at a young age I mean the younger the better but just if they see you smiling laughing being outdoors moving your body maybe like commit to trying something new from now until the end of the summer like every either Saturday or Sunday to try a new movement mm -hmm. whether that's like slacklining or biking or um what are those those paddle boats <laughs> you have a lake somewhere or, but just trying something new and incorporating movement, mm -hmm. I think is huge. Um, these past couple of years, I've really been doing a lot of work on mindfulness. Um, so I created an ebook and yeah. I think you'll link it in the show book yeah. in the show notes. So if you go to moveatworkchallenge.com forward slash mindfulness, uh, you can sign up for an ebook there and there's like a little workbook, but it's a great thing that you can do as a parent to just mm -hmm. kind of bring yourself back in the present moment, or you can do it with your children as well. There are some exercises in there, some coloring exercises. I think having ADD or ADHD, um, that was something that was very challenging for me of being in because we always are like, go, 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 go. And we're searching for dopamine. 
um, being in this moment of what's happening now, because you don't get this moment back. And sometimes it's as easy as like taking a deep breath and just looking around and being like, what colors do I see? What shapes do I see? Like grounding yourself in the moment to realize like life is happening whether we're here for it or not. Cause there's been a lot of parts of my life when I'm just like, go, go, go to the next thing. Like, where's my next hit of dopamine mm-hmm. um, is huge. Um, so I would say the mindfulness guide, getting out and moving. And then just another tip that I didn't learn about until recently. Um, we get dopamine crashes. So if there's something really big, that happens in your child's life. Or uh, for me, my most recent thing would be um, I had family come into town earlier in May and then I got my PhD, which was like, woo. And then after that, I was crashed Mm -hmm. for about three or four days, like just wrecked. Mm -hmm. Um, When you get so much something like super exciting for one of your, for your son, it might be something like a huge tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, know that that is a chemical in the brain and it like comes overflowing. And with every high, there's a definite crash. Ooh, good um, I sometimes often it would be a crash like that where I would fall into depression. Mm. Um, but I didn't know probably within the last year is something that it's happened to me a few times. And I was like, Oh, this is what it is. This is what now makes sense Mm -hmm. is that if there is something really exciting or something you're looking forward to uh, a wedding would be a good example. Like the day after when they say you get like postpartum stuff, but um, with ADHD, when you get a huge rush of dopamine, uh, there is a crash that comes along with that. And sometimes the crash is not so happy. Hmm. Uh, so know yeah, that yeah. that's a natural thing. Um, it doesn't last forever moving your body, like the next day, going for a 20 minute walk or getting movement in is a great thing. Uh, there are also certain foods mm-hmm. that can help um with dopamine if you google them i think a lot of proteins uh nuts seeds things like that but yeah there's a crash so that's so good to know because i don't think people even think about that then they just get frustrated ah what's going on everything was so good literally 24 hours like yeah yesterday you were like high (laughs) as a kite and now you're it is it is a brain chemical so to know that yeah, I wish that. I would have known yeah, that. You can almost kind of plan for it and know that like the week after it's going to be a little bit challenging. Once everything is done and life becomes slow, slow normal, whatever that might be, it, you just know that that's going to happen. Yeah. And then the body's probably craving this rest period. That's kind of how the body probably goes, I just need to stop a little bit too. And you've been giving me so much, so much, and now I need this downtime. Those are all such good tips. And that is great that, so that's downloadable, your um, the, is it a daily task? Is it weekly? Can you share a little bit more about what people oh, the mindfulness do? guide? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, uh, I think it's like 12 or 13 pages. So okay. you can print it out. Okay. Um, there it's, it will basically explain like the what and how, and okay. then I think there's like four different exercises that you can actually write, write in. And, um, it's a good reflection to, yeah. 
be where you at, be where you are at. Because yeah. this is the only moment that you don't get back. <laughs> I mean, you don't get any of the moments back. But when you're here right now, like if it's in the past, it's in the past and it's in the future. But sometimes grounding yourself can really be of benefit. And if you can teach your kids to do that at an early age, um, there's a lot of social emotional learning that I think kids are learning now, which is great, which wasn't around when I was a kid, but just to like take some deep breaths. And I think along with ADHD often comes other mental things like anxiety and whatnot and it can get overwhelming real quick but if you can come back to yourself and you always have your breath and you always have your body and to be able to know that like this and I'm pointing in my head now I know this is a podcast but like this is the only thing you can control on the whole planet and it's like a muscle so you definitely have to train it but once you know how it works then you have more tools to live a happier and healthier life. So yeah. So cool. baby steps. So cool. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, I'm going to download it. That sounds fun. I love that. And I like that you're doing it with your kids and leading by example, right? If you do it and then your mm-hmm. children can do this, you're already one step ahead of the game. How do people get a hold of you? If they feel like this is something that's speaking to them and they want to learn more about you and get support from you, how do people find you? Um, my website is performance is happening dot com and then on instagram i am dr underscore sarah underscore happening and i think on facebook i'm just sarah happening (laughs) um but yeah if you google my name i'm the only person out there with my name so far (laughs) good good so fun yeah All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing all of this. This is wonderful. That's exactly what I wanted to speak about. So thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. Move whenever you can. That's my take home (laughs) message. That's a good one. (laughs) Thanks for listening today. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. This podcast is for you, the parent of that kid. So go ahead. Tell me what you liked about this episode. Give me some ideas on what you'd like to hear. Maybe you have somebody you'd like me to ask those nitty-gritty questions to. I'm ready. Oh, and if you have a friend who is also the parent of that kid, click that share button and empower them with some tools and tips as well. And by the way, imperfect parent, I know parenting that kid is hella hard, but I'm telling you it's worth it. You are rocking this parenting journey.